This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. This is TLC Ninja, a podcast for teachers by teachers about classroom innovation. Hi, and welcome to episode 110 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee, a proud member of the Edu Match Podcast Network. I'm Lisa Nowakowski, a technology coach in South Monterey County here in California. And I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional technology coach in Beverly Hills, California. And just as a reminder, we have a 15-minute format because ain't nobody got more time than that. No, they don't. And for today's coffee fact, did you know that George Washington invented instant coffee? Not that George Washington. There was a Belgian-born American inventor named George Constant Lewis Washington. And he invented an early instant coffee process and started the G. Washington Coffee Company to mass produce it. So there you go. Our guest is Heidi Baines, who will be talking to us about esports and how they can help connect kids to their school community. So Heidi, please tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Heidi Baines. I'm a coordinator of EdTech uh, for the Riverside County Office of Education. This is, I believe it's my 22nd year of education. I was a classroom teacher, uh, Tech Tosa as well. And then this is my third year at the County Office of Ed in Riverside. Well, that's exciting. So we're talking about eSports today. Um, can you tell us a little bit about them and how they fit into educational settings? Yeah. Um, who can who can participate in them? Can anybody do it, or how do they work? Yeah. Um, so esports is actually a, a billion dollar industry. Uh, it's essentially com competitive video gaming, and you know they help they hold huge tournaments right now and uh, arena sized tournaments where people compete for very large prizes in the millions of dollars sometimes playing uh, certain video games. When we look at it for the educational setting, you know, the kids spend so much time already playing video games and communicating with one another in uh, these video gaming systems. It's a great place to connect the kids uh, back to their school by providing esports opportunities through the school systems. Um, and, and anyone can participate. I'll talk a little bit in a second about how to get started. But Generally, it's a secondary type thing. You know, we got middle school and high school that are participating in esports, but even elementary now, um, there are schools getting involved with esports through competitive Minecraft and other games that are um, played more by the elementary age students. And so, yeah, anyone can participate and you can participate for fun, right? Just like a club and, and just as a hobby, or you can participate in competitive leagues. Um, in fact, a lot of colleges are even offering esports scholarships to entice students to come to their school and play on their esports teams just like they might uh, with other sports. So a lot of opportunity to get involved in esports at all different levels and uh, all different levels of commitment as well. Well that's exciting and kind of leverages what kids are already doing in right. a way. Right. So um, you've launched a league in Riverside County, that's correct? 
we have. So how did, how did that get started? So about a, almost a year and a half ago, we started talking about eSports and seeing the opportunities that were being offered to students by higher ed, uh, which is where we became really interested in connecting students with more opportunities for scholarships and, and a pathway to that you know, higher ed uh, life and world. Um, and so we already had high schools in our county that were playing esports and playing against one another. And so as we learned more about what those high schools were already doing, we saw an opportunity to connect those high schools and other high schools in our county and start a league so that our 23 districts can participate uh, in esports through our county office. The other thing we did though, I'll have to back up, and I know I'm gonna run out of time if I <laughs> don't stay on track, but we That's also okay. <laughs> uh, talked a lot with NACEF, who is the North American Scholastic Esports Federation. They're a free, free service, or free organization that uh, provides all the things you need to get started with esports, but the great thing about them is that uh, they provide a curriculum. So they have a high school A to G approved language arts curriculum that also uh, folds in esports as part of the learning. And, and so, uh, you know, that was a really interesting opportunity for us to look at as well, was looking at NASEP, looking at how NASEP was doing things and the scholastic focus that you could also bring into esports. And we wanted to bring that opportunity to our county as well. Well, that's really exciting. And is it done through an elective in that case, if you're doing the A through, an A through G approved course, or is it like all the English classes? How, how does that work? So each language, each language arts class, there's a different class for ninth grade, 10th, 11th, and 12th. Mm -hmm. And essentially they all kind of center around the idea of entrepreneurship. And each different level has kind of a different focus for the year, whether it's marketing or, um, you know, design principles, different things like that, um, so that it becomes a pathway and it builds skills, not just esports, not just language arts, but it builds skills for life as well. That's very exciting. I know that our school, uh, we just added a personal finance class as one of the requirements for graduation. It seems like something like this could fit right in. Yeah, and if you want to learn more about the curriculum, check out nasef.org. It's N-A-S-E-F.org, and you can find all their curriculum and all the resources that they have there on their website. Oh, perfect, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So video games are have a lot of distance kind of built into them. A lot of times people play online with people who are in other locations. What do esports look like in a distance learning kind of environment? Yeah, it's been an interesting journey for us to pivot from what we were doing in person because uh, our clubs and our teams were all meeting at their school sites in person. And then um, those clubs and teams would come to our county office to do our in-person tournaments. So of course, when everything shut down, we had to find a new way to still offer these opportunities. And so we, we took our tournaments online and shout out to my fabulous colleague, Steve Hickman, who masterminded uh, what the online tournaments would look like. And so we were able to provide uh, students the opportunity through their Nintendo Switches. They use um, their online accounts through Nintendo to connect with one another and play against each other in tournaments that we run uh, online. And generally we set up a time frame where the kids have to play they report their results. We update a bracket online that the 
kids are able to see. And then they continue until there's a champion at the end of the tournament. Do students use a school account or do they have personal accounts? How, how does that work? They're using personal accounts right now. Um, they communicate with one another through Remind. If you're familiar with the Remind app or Remind on your computer. Mm -hmm. um, we communicate with them and they communicate with one another um, through that system and then connect to each other online through whatever their Nintendo account is. Okay, so it sounds like they have to have their personal account in order to participate. Are the, are the tournaments interdistrict or do they compete again? You were saying they compete against other high schools in your county, but not necessarily the same district? Right. So initially, the teams were playing, um, first they play, you know, in their district or at their school. And then as uh, the tournament progresses, they come to our county office to play in person. And they did play in teams against one another. In the distance situation, it's turned to individuals because we haven't quite worked out what a team situation would look like. But any uh, 6 through 12 student in Riverside County uh, school or charter school is welcome to sign up and play as an individual representing their school right now. They also need to be connected through their esports club or team at their school. So their first stop needs to be their school and their esports club at their school before they're eligible to sign up through us to play. Okay, so that brings me to, to the next question. Students have to go to their esports club at their school. What if there isn't one? How, how do people get started if they want to bring esports to their schools or districts? Is there a cost? Is there how much time is involved? Do you need a faculty sponsor? Tell us a little bit more. All of that, yeah. Um, so, the first <laughs> thing you want to do is, yeah, check out NASEF because you can charter a club through NASEF and they'll provide uh, all the materials you need to get your club started. And again, that's free. Um, there is a cost in, in providing equipment for the students. If, if you're going to provide gaming machines or Nintendo Switches or you know, controllers, games, all of that, there's a set of cost. Um, that's one of the reasons we went with the Nintendo Switch is it's far less expensive than a huge gaming system. But different schools, different districts do different things. And, and um, you know, you know, they're welcome to do it however they would like. Uh, one of our clubs in Temecula, shout out um, Krista Morales, her club uh, <laughs> all brought switches in and, and did theirs during their lunch hour. And so, you know, it really depends. There's a wide variety of the way uh, that people are getting it done. And it, it just kind of goes back to your school side or your district and what they think is best. But yeah, so the, the cost can be a little or it could be a lot. And the time commitment can be a little or a lot. And it may be that you're running a club that just plays for fun and never participates in the tournaments, you know, and, and that's okay too. Uh, the, the great thing, and you'll see this if you go to NASEF, but the great thing about the clubs is it's not just about the kids playing the game. You have kids that will, you know, create a website, kids that are doing fundraising, kids that are doing graphic design. You have a manager of a team that, you know, makes sure everything's running smoothly or organizes the, you know, the uh, specifics of a tournament for that team. So you might have five or six kids that are actually playing, and you might have 15 other kids that are involved in the club in other ways that support the game. Well, that's great. So it's kind of like just another sports team where you might have 
kids that are playing the sport and then you have the manager and you have the person who's in charge of the equipment and you have all those other kinds of jobs. So that's really great. For Riverside, you guys supply the devices to all the students or just the ones that need them? How, how does that work? So our office is not uh, providing the supplies for the clubs. When they come to play in a tournament, we have a setup that they can that, that they play on. But the individual schools and clubs and teams, they they're responsible for providing their own equipment. Oh, okay. So when you were in person, they would come in and they would log in on your devices, but yeah. mm -hmm. otherwise they would have to provide their own. Right. Well, that's great. I know we were talking about doing it to our school, uh, doing it at our school, but you know then distance learning happened and that kind of went on the back burner, but I'm gonna bring it up again. I did not realize that they had um, A through G approved curriculum, which is really exciting. Um, so that's great. Is there anything else we have? Uh, looks like we have one minute left on our timer. Is there anything else that you would like to share in terms of encouragement or let people know what kind of resources there are, anything like that? Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to just point out that in a lot of cases, these clubs are reaching a group of kids that in some cases have kind of been left out of the traditional high school model. And, um, it, you know, it's a great way to involve just a whole nother group of kids who have maybe felt a little bit disenfranchised by the system. I know that's not the overall experience of all of these kids, but a lot uh, haven't really had a spot that was theirs in the high school environment. So setting up yet another place where more kids can connect and more kids can be part of the school community is such a great thing always, but especially now when they don't see each other in person, a way to connect them back to their, their peers and kids that have other things in common with them. Um, it's just, it's a great thing to, to get involved with right now. Oh, that is so great. So thank you so much for coming on. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, thank you to our listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment to let us know. Our comment question is, what experience have you had with eSports? Are you excited to get started now that you've heard Heidi talk about it? Thank you. Yes, I'm really excited about that. Not that I can do anything with it right now, but it sounds super exciting. I didn't know all of those opportunities existed. Thanks for sharing that with us. And please feel free to reach out if anyone needs anything. Happy to help. And, and we will have uh, Heidi's contact information in the show notes, so you'll be able to do that. And please don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom, either in person or distant learning. Uh, if you like the show, uh, please help others find us by rating and leaving a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Remember that we are always looking for guests to share the great things they are doing in their classrooms. So if you know of someone who fits the bill or if you'd like to be a guest, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form and let us know. Thanks.